Welcome in, bench warmers, to this special bonus edition of the Far End of the Bench podcast with Jimmy Pilato and Nico Bryant. Let's get this out of the way here first. Uh, this will just be an interview conducted by myself. Nico had extra work that he had to do, so he was unavailable for the time slot that we got our great guests in tonight. But don't worry, still a great interview, still a great conversation, about an hour and 15 minutes uh, with two of my very, very good friends, two people that I've known all the way since uh, KWSB days down in Gunnison. And uh, Christian actually hired me to that station initially. But Christian and Marissa Saez are our guests for this uh, afternoon of podcasting experience. Christian, like I said, used to work at Quisby with me down in Gunnison and then was a sports personality in the KHQ television station out there in Spokane where Marissa worked as the uh, content creation director. And now they're both back in Colorado. We did this over Zoom. They're down in downtown Denver I'm a little bit further south. So we went over Zoom, but we got in contact. First time I've been able to talk to them for quite some time, and we had a blast uh, reminiscing a little bit. We talked a little bit about the World Series and what the MLB can do social media-wise, and then just kind of being in sports during the pandemic and what that's kind of taught us and, and all the different life lessons that we brought along the way and and the different experiences that we all experienced together that somehow changed us in, in one way or the other. But you can follow Christian at CJJ Saez on Twitter. Marissa is at Saez11. She is also the social media director for DNVR Sports. So uh, DNVR underscore sports on Twitter. That's where you can find a lot of Marissa's content. She said, go down to the DNVR bar. So if you're in the Colorado area, check out the DNVR bar down, downtown. Uh, always got different people and different watch parties going, so be sure to check that out. For the podcast, follow us at FEOTB Pod. Also, through media platforms, TikTok included. Uh, and also follow us on your favorite podcasting platform, wherever you're listening to this, iHeartRadio, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Follow us wherever you listen. Leave a five-star rating and a review. It really helps out the podcast and gets us in front of more eyeballs. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Leave a like and a comment down there as well so that we can continue to grow that platform as well. Uh, other than that, this, has been a, this is going to be a fun episode, and let's get right into it with Christian and Marissa Saez. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning into this bonus episode of the Far End of the Bench podcast. I am joined today by a couple of my best friends from my time at Western uh, while we were in college. One worked for, with me for a summer, turning down beds, and the other drunkenly agreed to have me on his sports radio show and commentate games on the radio station. Now both well removed from our Gunnison ties. I'm very excited to welcome former KHQ SWX sports personality in Spokane, Washington, Christian Size and his wife, former uh, director of content creation for KHQ, Marissa and Christian Saez, uh, also Marissa, now the social media manager for DMVR Sports out here in Denver. Thank you very guys. Thank you very much for coming on. Uh, it's been a long time. I'm glad that you're back closer. You're, you're not a couple states away. You're you're more like a right. 20 minute drive away, but thank you guys for coming on. I'm excited to have you back. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey, we're, Hey, we're excited to be here. Um, and you said, you know, we're far removed from Gunnison. It feels like we're starting to take steps getting closer to Gunnison now. Um, so who knows, you know, maybe in 10 years we'll be back there, but, uh, yeah, happy to be here for sure. Yeah. Thank you so much for having us on. 
Yeah, no problem. You guys both were, uh, I had both of you on individually for uh, my, when it was the uh, center of attention podcast. Now that Nico kind of got me back on track and we rebranded this thing, we haven't had you guys on, but since we have you both here at the same time, uh, for, for people that know you from your previous appearances and for the new people that haven't gotten to know you guys, I want to get the story as to how you two uh, met, eventually fell in love and got married, but it, it didn't start that way. It was a business relationship at first, right? It, it was actually. Um, you mentioned yes. us being from Gunnison, you know, working with you at the radio station. That's kind of how it all started. And, uh, you know, we worked together for a year before we actually started uh, dating. Um, I was I was the Gunnison Sports Talk radio host. She was our producer. And uh, yeah, we were pretty, we were, pro we were professional at that point only. Oh yeah, I had just transferred. So um, I didn't even want to work for you. I yeah, think yeah. <laughs> I, was very against, I was very against working for the station, but uh, our, our great, uh, you know, advisor and, and mentor, Terry Schlitzman was like, you're going to do it, Marissa. And I ended up, it ended up paying off in all, you know, in different aspects, but yeah, I think we we were work partners for a year. I don't think he even noticed me, um, other than you know the clicking of the the board. As long as she hit her ins and outs. All yeah, time. I was gonna say unless he was yelling at you like you yeah, didn't which, hit your cue, which was all the time. So yeah, because um, I was horrible at producing. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, it's all but, good. These these creative types, they're tough to please. That's that's what I say, Marissa. God, well, and now I'm married to one, so it's, it's... yeah, yeah. I, I did something right. Um, so I, I, you know, I was either entertaining enough, or I was just, uh, you know, I, I showed some motivation or something. I don't know, something got to it. But uh, you know, after a year, it worked out. Um, we ended up uh, starting to date actually after we, uh, you know, we would start playing basketball together. And um, she, she kind of beat me the first few times that we like played every, basketball every single time. So yeah. um, that didn't fly with me at first mm -hmm. so I kind of that's how we really started talking was we started playing basketball against each other and she still to this day kicks my butt in basketball well, in defense I played college basketball so I feel like you know or in your defense I guess yeah so that's, now, now mean, we're, here we are yeah I, we, I remember getting the updates from those games you guys still played them even uh, when we were commentating that was towards the end of our time well at least your guys' time in Gunnison uh, I still had another year but then when you two, when I first kind of figured out that you two were dating, it was exciting because I'd met both of you. I, I had different relationships with both of you before I met the two of you together. I actually met Marissa first. Uh, I mentioned we were turning down beds for a summer. We had, we took the worst deal of all time. It was like 500 yeah. bucks per month for the three months of the summer. And we were conference assistants. So we got to just be everybody who came to Western's campus that summer. We got to be their slave. Uh, but that was yes. where Marissa and I uh, first met and we got to know each other a little bit what do you you remember all those long days of folding sheets and separating laundry oh my gosh I remember first of all again was not a good you know I didn't make beds very well back in the day um but yeah it was it was a very interesting job um but you and I made the best of it we had a great friend group um and we goofed around I think more than we were actually supposed to uh, but it was one of my greatest summers to, to be honest I it was really where I started to make you know lifelong friends and um, you know obviously Jimmy you're one of those people but it was just a, I mean although the work was really really bad um, I have such great memories just hanging out with you guys yeah it was I mean it, it was a situation you had to kind of make the best out of it and luckily we had a few people that were kindred spirits uh, yeah I was working a second job along with turning down beds so I was like 
over it. I know uh, it, we, it was more fun once we kind of got into our uh, relationship once after Christian and I met, which was yes. a fun story in and of itself. Um, I don't know how much you actually remember from that night. I, I know that it was Kat. Kat was friends with somebody that I went to the party. We met, for those people who don't know, Christian and I met at a birthday party in Gunnison. Happened to be in a trailer park in Gunnison because that's half the housing in the valley. Yep. Our trailers. So we were both at so a party. considered a mansion party, right? Yes. Yeah. It was one of the nicer parties that I actually went to. Yeah. Um, but we were there. We had a mutual or one of the people I was with knew Kat who worked with you at the radio station. And I had actually heard your name. Funny you bring up Terry, uh, Marissa. Terry was all of our advisors and, and, and a great role model in, in all of our times there at Western. He mentioned like, I have this guy, Christian, like you and him have the same idea about sports radio and, and all that kind of stuff. You just talk to him. But as like an 18 year old freshman in college, I was like, I'm not definitely not just emailing somebody that I don't know out of the blue. So yeah. happens that we run to, into each other at the party. You say to hit you up. I remember to look you up the Monday morning after the email. But when you got that email, did you remember talking to me or? or Surprisingly, yes, because that was one of the few things I do remember. Um, and when you say we ran into each other at the party, more so stumbled into each other uh, is probably a better description of that, of how that happened. Uh, yeah, that was that was a fun time. Um, but I do actually remember meeting you and having a conversation with you. And at the time, it worked out because I was in the process of kind of trying to, to build the sports team, um, you know, the sports broadcasting team at the station. And it was just me and um, I think Ian Johnson at the time uh, we were doing uh, Gunnison Sports Talk Radio and I was doing the play by play and, and Marissa was doing the producing. And then I think we had Eddie Berta. Uh, as well I can't remember if he came in before or after that but we were still trying to build so when I talked to you about it you said you played football and you know it, it worked so that and then a, a relationship blossomed from there and uh, you know the rest was history well yeah I think both of us we were pretty well on the path that we we're going to be as psychotic as possible and try and build we had no resources for no. what we were trying to do and we put in a good amount of our own resources into trying to build this but I think that was the main thing is that we were kindred spirits and wanting to, if 15 people listened to the radio that morning and we were on, I was going to make it as entertaining. And I was going to talk yeah. about sports because that's what I want to do. And I want to get good at this. So I might as well try. And I think you and I were on the same page in that regard. Yeah. If it, if it was just my grandma and my mom listening and, and Jimmy's grandma and his mom and dad and, and Marissa's dad, we, I was, I was happy with that. I was like, all right, uh, we've got an audience here. We've got a loyal fan group. And, uh, and it's crazy to see how far, you, you know, we've come from that too. Cause it's mm -hmm. like, you know, you, you think about how you start out in, in, in any industry, but especially in broadcasting and, you know, you say we, we didn't have a lot of resources, which is very true. Uh, but I think the good thing was we had a blank page, basically we had, you know, an open book that if we wanted to make something of it, we could, um, you know, but we would have, to, it would be on our shoulders to make something and, uh, you know, us being very motivated and very passionate about sports we were able to make something of it and, you know, it, it, it paid off long-term, but it is kind of funny to see, you know, you go from, from, you know, college broadcasting with your parents being your only listeners to uh, you know, even just a, a media market where you're getting thousands of people watching you at any given point or listening to you at any given point. And it's uh, it is a very trippy thing to kind of look back on how, uh, how it all started. Yeah. And I, I think it, we definitely proved uh, and you guys, uh, being a big part of that, or at least initially, the CBA awards and winning back-to-back -back CBA awards for, for small market broadcast for that station 
KWSB in Gunnison has a very proud history, but sports broadcasting, not so much. And unfortunately now with COVID and, and nobody being there to really keep it going, it's kind of fallen off again. But at that point, yep. we were back-to-back CBA award winners. We at least built ourselves up to that. We were very close to winning a third one. We unfortunately fell short in that. Um, but we, we were able to kind of take something from nothing and uh, take a lot of pride in, in the fact that we were able – I mean, the three of us had a lot of fun, and I think that at least that came through in the broadcast and people enjoyed listening to it. And And winning that award is something that I still uh, – I'm very proud of and, and being up for those awards. So even yeah. though it was small, it, it's still very meaningful. Yeah, for sure. I, th- I really think that the success came from me sneezing in the middle of our broadcast. Yeah, that's, that's a highlight <laughs> for sure. Or, uh, or <laughs> you know – we, we did a lot of things just goofy. And I think yeah. that's kind of what made us, us. We had that niche. I, I definitely, uh, I don't know about you, but I, every once in a while, I'll go back and listen to some old stuff from, from college, which really was not that long ago. It's like three years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, I, I, it's so hard for me to listen to. I'm yeah. like, how, how did I, what were we doing? And, and we just loved it. Like, and we were good at it for what we were doing, but like, God. yeah, we were very talented people, people. I, we had people come up to us and say that we were like, you can't even tell it. It's college kids. And I said, that's, it's great. But listening yeah. to it now, and the only thing that I still enjoy listening is uh, the Sammy D highlight that I have. And that's like the thing that I'll die on. I play it on my phone every now and then just, just for fun. Um, yeah, yeah, it gets you pumped, dude. Anytime you, you know, get getting ready for a date, you're like, all right, here we go. Let's play. Let's get myself pumped up for this. Ready yeah. to go. Is that what you did? Yeah. You, you yep. just pumped yourself. I up played Jimmy's play. Sammy D call for my first date. It, with it, is, it is funny. Like, that's one of my favorite. I totally went into my fan moment at that point. You could tell Christian's like, I, I was kind of letting the, the crowd kind of sit there. And Christian's like, is he going to keep talking or is he holding himself back? And then like Christian tries to say something and I just scream in because I had it in my head that I was coming in at this point. We just run over the top of each other. But at that point, I mean, it, it made that it. was, that was a chaotic situation. And we were lucky enough. We were on the RMAC network that night. So actually more people yeah. were listening to us than just our normal 13. It, uh, it made it, it made it the, the chaos of the broadcast made the call. You know, it was, it was one of those things you, you talk about, like, it might not have been pretty. It might not have been uh, something they teach you in school, but just the emotion in the moment, it was 10 times better than a good formal broadcasting call in that moment. Yeah. And I mean, I, we were, you know, recently we've worked with a lot of colleges too, that they do have, you know, actual broadcasting, um, what are they called? Uh, like um, guidelines, no actual broadcasting classes. Where you get to oh, yeah. learn this kind of stuff and you go mm-hmm. through the process of actually knowing how to do it. And I will say, and trying, you know, to be as unbiased as I can, you guys were great compared to those kids. Like you, you guys just had natural talent, like, and it was just something you can't teach. And, you know, you, you made it by being funny, but also having just kind of that raw talent that came with it. And, and I think another part of it too, and I agree a hundred percent, like I've noticed that, you know, we, we've been we've worked at schools like Gonzaga and Washington state where have, they have phenomenal broadcasting and journalism programs. Um, but when I, we, and a lot of times our interns are students there. And so we talk to a lot of the students as they're going through the program. And I, I can honestly say that the experience we got working at a, you know, broadcasting at a small college, um, you know, and, and being able to kind of just have it all to ourselves was so much better, really, than, in my opinion, than going to a big school 
like Syracuse, like uh, Wazoo, um, you know, where you get the formal education aspect of it, but the reps aren't there. We, you know, we got so many reps, which right. totally translated down the road. Well, also just, you know, like you, it was a lot of trial and error for you guys, you know, and, and there was, I feel like coming from such a small college, you had to work 10 times harder to make something because you don't have those resources that mm-hmm. these big colleges have. And, you know, I mean, that's one reason why you got the job that you got was, you know, because you just, you guys were talented and it stood out amongst kids that, you know, get to do this every day and have the resources to do it. Yeah, I don't think I've ever been more nervous than the first time that I had to take over play-by-play for the basketball season. I actually, luckily, I got to do a football, uh, that, and, and just like writing the intro because that's one of the things I think not having that broadcasting class, that's one of the things we did by trial and error. And I just picked it up from you. You, you didn't necessarily have anything written down, but, but coming into it, uh, you're, you're same, like you're very similar to me where I like, I remember the Vern Lundquist before football games setting the stage. And I was like, yep. I want to set the stage. But then I was also like, I, I definitely worded it incorrectly or, or it had too much, but it was the first time tried it. And, and nobody was telling us what to do. Nobody was giving yeah. us certain regulations, certain marks that we had to hit. We knew that when we went to a commercial break, we had 30 seconds or a minute of a PSA that was going to play. And, and then we we're going to have to come back and, and figure something out. And uh, I, I think we also benefit being so close to the guys on the court and like being really able to, we had such a feel for the student body as well. I think that you can feel when you when we listen when I listen back to that West Texas A&M game all of us were like I can't we can't believe we're here and then you can hear the crowd in the background you're like they can't believe we're here either we all know that that we're in we're just experiencing this together so let's go ahead let's go along for the ride it's one of my favorite memories from uh Quisby I I think if I were to if I were to have to pick one it would probably be um that right up under the Sammy D highlight. But uh, before we, yeah. before we kind of move on, do you guys got a favorite Quisby moment, uh, either broadcasting or just something that we were able to do for the station? You, you hit that, you hit mine on the head, West Texas a and that, that game, West Texas came into the preseason. Uh, Western had in the preseason already beat air force mm-hmm. in Colorado Springs, which was huge. And, and we kind of watched it on the stream a little bit, or at least saw the highlights of it. And then they were set to take on West Texas A&M on uh, Friday. And then I don't remember who they played Saturday. Permian Basin. Permian Basin. There you go. And it was enough. Both teams ranked Um, West Texas, number four, Permian Basin, lower, but still ranked. Um, And obviously Western very much unranked. And of course, Western comes in, plays neck and neck and gets uh, an insane win against West Texas A&M. and it was our first broadcast of the game and my last first broad or of the season, I should say, and my last first broadcast ever um, in, at Quisby, uh, for, at least for for basketball. And that was just honestly, I can totally give credit to that broadcast getting me my next job out, out of out of Quisby um, when I got my first job at ESPN in Spokane. Um, that broadcast was the clip that got me uh, the interview, at least so. Marissa, do you have a favorite moment? Well, of course, West Texas. Um, I was in their conference uh, when I played basketball, and uh, I hate them with a passion. Um, so it was really cool to call, you know, a game where I actually knew the team that we were really knew them. I mean, from a player perspective, 
but I think my favorite, and there, there's just all these small little memories was just like, like the sneezing or, you know, Christian talking about chips and wine in the middle <laughs> of the game. And I forgot like, about that. And I'm like, you know, and so it, it, I just think our personalities coming out, uh, you know, me saying half cocked on air and Christian giving me a hard time or <laughs> making, you, making fun of someone for being bald. Yeah. Or, or almost I, yeah, we had, that was one of the, I wasn't going to mention it, but yes, oh that. man, wrestling, wrestling broadcast brought a lot to the station. We should have been doing those a lot sooner than we did, but as, uh, it, as it should have, yeah, yeah. got to bring some personality I, to those, I, man. I will oh. say, Jimmy, it's because of you that Christian's still alive today because he would have, uh, he would have died that day. Well, yeah, I mean, sure. it was, he was a 157 pound wrestler, but yeah, I think <laughs> that he came up to the booth and he was like, who's who? And then he saw, you know, me being like in the middle of my offensive <laughs> yeah. lineman career. And he's like, you know what? I, th- I think they're right. I am, I am balding. Uh, so yeah, yeah. they hit the nail you know on what? the head. I, he's, he's right. And, I, I, and he won, he won his, his he did. Too, yeah. So like, you know what? I, Take I, it. I think the uh, correct term is cue ball. Yeah. That's yeah, what that, Christian called him. That right. that's not a proud moment, but also a, a proud moment. It, we're, we're going with both on that one. Yeah. Yeah. There's, I just, I, I just think those, those small memories are the memories that I will always, I will always remember. Those. Good times. Yeah. Very much. Good times. When I gamble, I'm always looking for a way to get an edge, but at MyBookie, they double your first deposit, so you start with a leg up. Use my promo code BENCH, that is capital B-E-N-C-H. Sign up now, claim your first deposit bonus with MyBookie, and use the extra funds to kickstart your winning season. It's time to get back on track, ladies and gentlemen. This weekend, lay the points with Arizona, so they continue streaking in San Francisco, coming off a tough loss in, in, in against Green Bay, Arizona. You know they're going to get back right on track uh, with the top two offenses going against one another this weekend. Also, you have Titans without Derrick Henry and the Rams with newly acquired Former Denver Bronco Von Miller as well. That game is going to be toe-to-toe on Sunday night. You can safely smash the over or the under, whatever you're feeling. Don't just take my word for it. Head to my bookie and sign up now using promo code BENCH, that is capital B-E-N-C-H, to get your money doubled and start your winning today. Remember, good friends don't let friends win alone. So have your buddies use your referral link and you're eligible to receive an additional 250% bonus on their first deposit. Plus, it's unlimited to redeem, so all your friends can join the party at MyBookie. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. Yeah, uh, well, speaking of, let's transition a little bit to uh, more of of something that's going on currently. I I did need to bring um, Christian on because Nico and I do lack quite a bit in talking about baseball i it's just difficult to keep up with there's so many games and everything like that but the world series did come to a close the braves i think break the curse finally of the 28 to 3 or or whatever you want to the last time the braves won the world series whenever you think that the curse started but uh baseball season as a whole honestly i'm i'm interested to see what you're thinking about this because uh the main thing i'm thinking of is we just went through an entire mlb postseason and I really didn't even notice because basketball, hockey, football, even Premier League lacrosse probably got better ratings than any anything baseball related in the past uh, year. But what what do you think of the season as a whole? Oh, um, as a whole, it was it was fun. Um, the the Braves and Astros World Series, I, I honestly couldn't have asked for a worse matchup than that. Um, I was I was 
horribly disappointed. I would have actually rather have seen um, the Dodgers Astro, the Dodger Astro matchup, because I think that would have at least given a little kind of bad blood between the two teams, um, you know, because of their history with the cheating scandal and everything with the Astros. Also, I hate the Astros, so uh, can never root for them ever. Um, but, you know, obviously I am wearing my Giants hat right now, uh, paying, paying homage to uh, Buster Posey announcing his retirement today. Um, so shout out to Posey for, uh, for a phenomenal career for, for my Giants. Um, I, I was excited in the sense that I think there were some surprises, uh, good and bad, throughout the year. Obviously good in the sense that the Giants, my team, played phenomenal way better i mean way better than i ever would have imagined. anybody yeah they were not on any of our preseason picks to do anything i still don't believe i still do not believe it i cannot i i'm like i i i mean like the fact that they lost the dodgers obviously heartbreaking but at the same time i'm like how how can i even complain like the the giants went had 107 wins this year that's insane Mm -hmm. so that was really cool um you know the padres i thought were going to be a world series team completely fell off the face of the earth um, the Yankees, same thing. They were awful and then somehow made a playoff run. The Mariners, my my Seattle Mariners, um, kind of put together a playoff run at the end. So there were some kind of cool things uh, about the season, but I think the ending just completely tanked. Um, I think no one really wanted, besides Braves and Astros fans, no one really wanted a Braves-Astros World Series, um, and that's what they got. And it wasn't that exciting even in itself. So uh, it is what it is, but uh, I, I do think that, the, you know, going into the playoffs was a lot of fun. You had Dodgers, Giants, Boston, New York. Um, that was fun. And we saw like a pretty big rating spike, you know, go up for that. People are definitely watching those games. It's just, you know, that's, that's kind of just it's circumstantial. You know, if, if those kind of situations happen, baseball is exciting. If they don't, you know, yeah. you get what you get. Uh, Marissa, I want to get your side of it because I think the MLB has been pretty behind on social media and and not putting making their stuff as available as the other leagues and 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 that in return it's suffering popularity wise. Do you think that do you agree with me in that sense that their social media lacks and, and they could probably do something better? Would you how would you go about trying to market the MLB so that they're not uh, third possibly fourth major sport in in the grand scheme of things? Yeah, you know, well, first of all, I would say that I think COVID is still playing a big effect into the way that people are viewing sports. Um, You know, there's these weird transitions. You can see it in hockey um, and even a little bit in football where people are still, you know, players are in and out and things aren't just not consistent enough. Um, It's really disappointing to see, you know, especially on a social media platform, them I agree are taking a step back. They're not really creating that engagement. There's a couple teams that you and I've talked about where they do a really good job. I can't think, I think it's the giants actually that does a really good job on social. Um, but I think right now, especially during COVID and during these times, you know, social media is where people are going to it's, you know, there's more regulations on who can go to games and who can't and, or, you know, if we can go and where you're located. And so, if you have a platform that's sitting in front of you, it's, it's all about making it entertaining and fun. And so like taking a team, that's not very good. Uh, for example, the Rockies, um, you know, they're, they're, yeah, well, it's like, true. Let's, I mean, it, let's, let's be real. They're really struggling. And, you know, even on the backside and management has been, you know, an issue taking a team like that and finding other ways to make it fun. Um, you can do that. You can do, you know, Sacramento Kings are, key uh, for being a social platform that takes a really crappy team and makes it something fun 
to go to every day and say like, what are, what are they posting on social? So I don't know if it's just a transition period where they're trying to find you know, their, their personalities um, or people are leaving because of COVID or if they even lost that social media person because of COVID and financially they couldn't support it. I really don't know, but I, I, I agree with you. It's just, it's been really quiet from them. Um, and this is right now the prime time to do it because like I said, so many inconsistencies that are happening socially. So. Yeah. And I think the Rockies are an example. I think the DNVR Rockies page probably gets more interaction and probably has a higher following than the actual Rockies team page, just because they are actually putting out the stuff that, that people want to see. And for a long time, I think you had to pay to watch MLB social media. They had a, a certain app that you can watch any of the highlights from and that was it. And if you didn't yeah. have MLB network, you didn't really get to see baseball, uh, especially in that, Colorado, because Cronkies blacked out every single local team. Yeah, yes. it sounds like uh, I was going to say it also sounds like the Pac-12 network. You can't get that anywhere. Yeah, well, we were talking about it today. You know, a lot of you know, news stations or even these stations like Altitude um, are having are in the transition period because people are all are, uh, migrating towards streaming sites and all these different apps because these blackouts where you can't watch stuff. And so when you have like a Cronky, you know, they don't have an app where you can go watch all the time, or it's really hard to find those, those games. Like or you still have game. to have, they, I think they have an app, but you still have to have a cable provider. Right. Right. And then, so like the other day I wanted to watch the nuggets. Like I couldn't do it because I just didn't have the ability to do it. And, and so I missed the game and there's a lot of people out there who are facing the same thing. And so they go to social media so they can stay on top of it. And so when you have teams that are not showing these highlights, you know, you're lost. And so you have to become creative. And I mean, you can ask Christian, I'll be like doing something. I'll be, you know, folding clothes or I'll be doing something random and it'll pop in my head. Oh, I got to go do this. Like, this is a great way to engage. And so it's constantly being on your toes. Like I don't, I mean, I'm working all the time and, and also just being creative. And so if you don't have those highlights play by play, you know, do something that grabs people towards your site, um, memes, gifts, things like that. And so, like I said, it might just be a transition period where they, you know, the first people to go when you have like a pan or the pandemic or, you know, some financial struggles are people like me because, you know, they think, well, we can do it ourselves. So maybe that's where they are right now, but it has been really slow. And I don't know who's in charge of the Rockies. I, I remember her. Um, they hired a couple new people. Yeah. But like, it's, you know, I, you know, it could be, like you said, cronky blacking out things, you know, contracts, whether or not they're allowed to use stuff. Um, but I do think that there's a prime opportunity for these these teams to really push for stuff just because we're still in this weird place with COVID. It is strange. It's still not getting – it's somewhat-ish back to normal, but it is still really, really yeah. strange. Yeah. I, I did go to an abs game last night, and uh, that that was a, a big sense of normalcy for me that I hadn't seen in a while. Um, you know, I, I've gotten to do a lot of big sporting events since, you know, uh, in the last – year or so which has been really nice got to go to Mar uh, national the college basketball national championship i got to uh you know go to was uh you know washington state's couple of their football games and stuff like that but uh i think last night going to the abs game was one of the first games that i've seen relatively sold out at least most of the seats filled um and people just having a good time and that was cool it was really fun to you know experience that really live fully live um mm -hmm. sport atmosphere again and a, a good 
you know, a good game for the Avs too. A tough loss, but um, still a fun one to watch. Well, in Colorado, I, I think they just announced the ball arena was saying that you have to be, you know, fully vaccinated or show a negative vaccine COVID test. card. Yeah, vaccine yeah, card but, or COVID test. Right, but um, Colorado has been pretty open. Like, I mean, for you know, us coming from Washington, that was like one of the first requirements was you had to show some form, and so it, it happened quickly for us. And here, it's still a transition, so you're still getting a really huge crowd um, going to these games, which is great. But I also learned the other day from one of our beat writers that even like teams like the Avalanche, like if someone gets COVID, um, you can't bring another person up unless it's underneath the cap. Um, and so you're getting these players that aren't, you know, the best players because you're still being paid. That top player that's out for yeah. COVID is still part of the, the salary. So, um, you know, you're getting these inconsistent games too and it, you can't really determine how well a team's doing just because of the regulations of the nhl so mm -hmm. yeah we have a, a few guys there's a 30 we have a 39 year old defenseman that wasn't playing hockey three for the last three years and got like a professional tryout that is starting for the avalanche right now we also have a guy named mcdermott who mm -hmm. isn't good enough to be in the ahl let alone the nhl and uh and yeah that, those are the two guys that we have to have on right now because the nhl is I don't know how they are losing money or not making money because I feel like this is as popular as hockey's been for the last few years, especially now. Mm -hmm. Hopefully it's changing with the ESPN and TNT deals that they signed, but mm -hmm. it is a uh, hockey's cap rules are like, it doesn't exist. And then it does exist because the Tampa Bay lightning have not paid Nikita Kucherov or they've paid him, but it hasn't counted against the team for three years. Because he's been on long-term injured, injured reserve, but it, it's one of those things you kind of have to be. You, you got to be like a lawyer to under to understand it. I mean, it's so, there's so many different elements to those contracts and those different uh, regulations and you know guidelines and you know it's it's so hard to keep up with all of it. But um, you know, it's just like you said, like the the sense of normalcy, getting to kind of feel the what it feels like to be around a crowd, a sellout crowd, people cheering, high fiving again. You know that that's really cool, and I got to kind of experienced that a little bit here in Colorado for the first time in a while. So um, that was a lot of fun. Well, I want to take you guys back now to uh, Eastern. Do you guys consider that Eastern Washington? I don't know how they refer to themselves. Uh, I've never yeah. been to Spokane, unfortunately. Yes, it, it is. It is Eastern Washington, um, right next to Eastern Washington University. And uh, and yeah, and then we're basically on the border of North Idaho. You you know, throw a rock and you're you're hitting yeah. uh, Coeur d'Alene. So. And I think that Eastern, you know, when you think of Washington and Seattle, I think Washington is claimed by Seattle. And then you, you realize Seattle. you realize that there's this whole other half of the state that you did. I mean, I was a Gonzaga fan my entire life and I feel like such a dork had no idea. Like I knew they were in Spokane, but I didn't even know where Spokane was. You and Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, is it even a university? Yeah. yeah. You know, is but... Gonzaga real? Yeah. I is it honestly, Gonzaga I, or Gonzaga? I never watched basketball. So Gonzaga was never, <laughs> didn't even know they existed up until like my 18th birthday, but. Uh, yeah neither here nor there. It, it it's i, I was going to say it's uh it's a it's a cult basically and and it i is. mean it in a fan sense like people people will murder for the zacks i mean yeah. they are they are die hard as it gets it's like it's 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 bigger than the broncos and i don't mean bigger like fan base i mean like the small fan Royalty. base that we have in spokane is they would kill and go to prison for life for the Zags. Well, it's any of the Eastern Washington teams and even the high school teams. Like I've never even seen such a fan base mm -hmm. 
I mean, we'd go to high school games and basketball and every seat was filled and you couldn't hear, like I would walk out with my ears ringing because the loyalty in Eastern Washington and their sports is on a whole other level. I mean, our weatherman, his kid knows the WSU fight song. Yeah. And that's no, what the they, drinking song, the drinking song. Yeah. And that's mm. what they put him to sleep to. And like, he's, he's and like that's a year old. Yeah. Years old. And that's everybody like <laughs> in Eastern Washington. So like, it's a, it's a whole other level it, of fans. And, and I, I think the, the, the reason is, is because, you know, it's, it's a small city, you know, mm-hmm. a, you know, short of a million, a million people for sure. Probably like 500,000 people. Um, and, but it's all we have, you know, I mean, the sports, you've got Gonzaga, number one team in the country, you know, you've got Wazoo, which is, which is just down the road. Basically you've got Eastern Washington. Um, so you've got PAC 12, uh, you know, you've got big sky and then you've got Gonzaga and, and on top of that, you've got the Spokane Chiefs, um, and which is which is the the minor league hockey team and uh, the minor league baseball team there, the Spokane Indians. So it's just like it's a very tight knit sports community, and so it's like it's the only thing we're really proud of being in that part of the state. You know, it's like yeah. that's all we have, so we're just going to go for it. But it's that, everything. That, that envision quest, right? That envision quest. No vision. Yeah, that, yeah. we were uh, sponsored or uh, partners with them. Yeah, you know that, and uh, what was it Hoop Fest? Hoop Fest, uh, yeah, too. The, the, the largest three-on-three basketball tournament in the world. Yeah, and, and if you haven't gone, Jimmy, that's one that I, 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 even if you don't like basketball, you should at least go once because it's just it's they insane. Shut down yeah. the entire city, uh, yeah. a city about half the size of Denver, but still big. You Pueblo know, size. Yeah, it's yeah. big, bigger than Pueblo for sure. And uh, they shut down every single street in downtown and put up and put up hoops and you and it's just three on three basketball tournaments throughout the entire city all, all day yeah i think we were talking about if i was ever going to be able to make it up and see you guys up in washington we were going to try and see what that was all about and, and make it around that time but uh awesome. you got that uh it's interesting like uh, I, that time you go from western which is the in the middle of the mountains to spokane which is a totally different uh type of place you guys were going specifically for school or what initially caused the move out to uh, Washington after you guys graduated Western? I, I actually got the job at SWX. Um, I, we were both looking, you know, Christian was getting ready to graduate and I was working at the uh, Overlook Cafe. Um, that wasn't the Verizon store yet? Oh, <laughs> that too. Uh, the last year when I was waiting for Christian to graduate was just an interesting time for me. Um, I definitely cried a lot <laughs> at the jobs I was working at. But it's a good um, test for my boyfriend's skills. Yes, know. yes, I definitely put him to the test. He was really, you know, figuring out if he wanted to marry me. Um, but no, I got a job at SWX KHQ, which is like the NBC station, um, as their social media or their director of content creation. And uh, they never had a social media team, you know, team, or they really didn't even have a social media presence. Um, so I was coming in from scratch. And so we knew we wanted to take that next step. Christian really wanted to get back to Washington. Um, And so I started looking out there and this job had, you know, a 30 days passed um, when I was, you know, starting to apply for it. And I didn't even think I was going to get it. And literally it was the quickest transition. I mean, a week after Christian graduated, we were already heading out to Spokane and then you had the job with the Indians. Yeah, I got I got a minor league baseball stadium announcing job, which was which was awesome. It was super cool. Got to spend a summer at the ballpark making minimum wage to perfect you know, for you. Yeah, just PA announce, uh, you know, mm-hmm. get, get to introduce the players, all all the different uh, teams, which was really cool. And then uh, 
from that, I met a couple of different, you know, contacts, met the Eastern Washington broadcaster, uh, the play-by-play voice for them. And he set me up with the ESPN station, got a couple games on ESPN. And uh, from there, I met with her executive producer at the TV station and started getting games with, uh, with SWX. Um, and it just went from there. And, you know, she kept working uh, at, at KHQ and SWX doing their, their content. And I was doing just freelance broadcasting at the time. Got to call some big games, uh, called, called a couple D1 games in the Big Sky Conference, uh, including the Big Sky Conference Championship uh, for Eastern Washington on, on ESPN Radio, which was really cool. And then uh, COVID hit literally right after that. And um, I you know, was unemployed for six months because there was no sports. Luckily, she kept her job. Um, and, and from there, I kind of jumped into news reporting um, for the same station, for KHQ. So I just transitioned into news um, just to kind of fill time. And I will say, um, although I never want to do news ever again, because it was depressing, um, it taught me a ton, a ton about broadcasting that I never would have gotten from just play by play. And, and, you know, how I said that West Texas game is going to be what gets me, you know, or what got me the, the, my first job news, having that other element, um, you know, and learning how to write scripts and interview and put together packages and MMJ and all of those different types of things. That'll probably be what gets me my next job for sure. So um, it was a really good experience. Um, and here we are. Yeah. yeah. How did that go? Because we didn't have a lot of the schools, at least when they have the radio station, they also have the TV station, but we didn't have anything like that. We had very like, how, did you like throw together a, a reel or something real quick? Uh, or did you have Dude, any visual, was, any visual content that you could show them like, yes, I can do this? Nope, nah, not at all. And that was actually a huge issue for me. Um, I actually got hired as a web. I, I actually got hired doing kind of what she was doing. So my initial hire was, um, you know, hey, we're going to bring this guy on. He's going to do some of our like digital journalism stuff. So, you know, write stories basically. Um, but he has a background in broadcasting. So like maybe he can do some on-air stuff for us. And so I remember uh, after a month kind of getting trained and, and getting settled in, I went to my news director and I was like, hey man, I, I can do this on-air thing. I've, you know, I, I've got some good experience on-air, play-by-play, um, not, not reporting, but you know, it, it can translate as long as you just kind of help me out. And so he was like, for sure. So next week comes along, he comes to me and he, or he texts me in the morning this morning and he's like, hey man, um, you're reporting today you know, wear a suit and tie type of thing. And I was like, oh, okay. And I'm thinking in my head, like, you know, this means I'm going to go shadow someone. Like I'm going to follow, you know, they, they, I mean, it, KHQ, to put it this into context, we're a top 60 or we were a top 66 market. So um, out of like 500 state TV stations nationwide. So it's a big, it's a very big market. And people, people go years in, in smaller markets doing actual reporting before they can get hired to go on air. And then they take months of training before they actually are allowed to, you know, go on, on air. So I'm thinking to myself, I'm going to just, you know, shadow some, some reporters, that kind of thing. Now I show up and they're like, no, here, we have a story for you. You're going to go out to the airport. You're going to talk to travelers on uh, the, it was right before Thanksgiving. You're going to go talk to some, some travelers about, uh, you know, what their thoughts are on flying during COVID, which was awful, just an awful <laughs> assignment as it is. And I had oh. no idea. And, and so there, and so my producer and my EP is like, Hey, can you put together a script for me? And, you know, um, let me know what, you know, can you uh, transcribe your thoughts and get me some VO? And, and I'm like, are you speaking a different language? Yeah, like, like, well, I don't, I don't even know what you're talking about. I searched <laughs> that. I, I had no idea. Who are you? Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. I, and, 
and and he's like you know just write me a script and i'm like i don't uh, even know how to begin i can write you a broadcasting script i don't even know what that looks like though and so it it surprised everyone they were like whoa like what is you know they, this guy doesn't know what he's doing but we just like i just kind of went into it and i luckily had a really nice photog uh who you know my cameraman was very helpful and but i remember being so stressed out of my mind and they had me going live that night and it was the most stressful thing I've ever done in my entire life. And I made it, I did, it didn't mess up. It was, you know, it worked, but I just remember being traumatized in, I mean, inside because I had to memorize this script or I thought I had to memorize this script. I didn't even know if I had done it correctly. I had just no guidance whatsoever. And somehow they, the, the people upstairs liked it. They were like, all right, he's, he's good. Let's keep him going. And, uh, and I think my boss bosses upstairs didn't realize that I hadn't been, I, I didn't know what I was doing until like a month later when I talked to them and told them, Hey, I had no idea what I was doing. I was just guessing, you know, I've watched news before. Like that's what I was shooting for. I was just so, yeah, was crazy. playing pretend. Oh man. Uh, but yeah. also I think that goes back to what we were talking about earlier with the kind of free reign that we had at Western. Yes. That's a lot higher stakes with it being live and in a major market, but really it was it too much too too different than when you first did your first broadcast of a game and you're like I don't know if this is good this is correct <laughs> we're gonna turn the mic on I'm gonna go and and we'll see it's like uh I know I'm gonna expose how much of a dork I am but like professional wrestlers call it red light fever like when the camera goes on you go yes. like crazy and then you kind of yep. black out and just I feel yeah. like you got the blinders on yeah you just kind of that's the best it's stressful i don't know if it's necessarily good for your health but is there a better way <laughs> yeah, to, that. is there a better way I, to learn I, I honestly no and i and i will say um i look i i had a month from you know from when i started going on air to you know to when i actually felt in control of what i was doing and that month was one, uh, truly one of the hardest professional months of my entire life i because because of the pure terror of every day i'm going to work and i feel like i don't know what i'm doing no one's really guiding me you know they're just kind of throwing me in and if i fail i mess up and thousands of people will will watch this i mean like thousands of people see it and it goes on social media you know and so i'm like there's a ton of this and i think the the pressure went beyond gunnison level where you're like if we mess up no offense to gunnison quizby whatever if we mess up really it's our parents and the old people who have yeah. who have the radio on in their garage those are the only ones who are really gonna you know notice it um this is like top 60 you know, television, NBC station, I go on right before Lester Holt does his nightly news type of thing. And uh, yeah, it was it was stressful. Well, and we were already in a period, I mean, this is right after um, elections. So it wasn't like the media was in a good light anyway. Yeah. yeah. So like, we had a lot of, you know, there was a small period of time where they we were having to go out two at a time. Um, just because, you know, we didn't know how safe it was for us to go out and about. So Christian being thrown in, right in the middle of that um, with, you know, not a whole lot of experience. And then, I mean, a lot of the times his first go, you were by yourself and like trying to figure it out. And so, I mean, I, I think you were a trooper and you definitely did it and you successfully did it. Um, you know, his, his women, women ages 50 and up really love Christian. Yeah. I had, I had a tar, I had an, you know, a target yeah. audience. They, they, it was the, you know, they called them Pam, um, and they were the the women age uh, forty five to sixty five. That yeah. was my target group, so I was on, in with that crowd. 
Honestly, if I was casting a movie, I would put you as like the the news anchor who's just <laughs> ethnic enough, but also still very white. But like, yeah, right. my, yeah. And thank you for watching the five o'clock news. My name is Christian Science. <laughs> yeah. That's literally they, like how they would do it. They were like, we finally have like diversity, and I'm like, they, they they would put the the little accent over the A in my last name. They'd yeah. be like Sayez. Like, Sayez. You go. Yeah, I'm Sayez. Like, yeah. I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah, I no. It was it, yeah. It, it was it was a, a very exciting. Um, but also like speaking on the stress, it, it you know a lot of times the stress came in like the sto- type of stories I was telling. You know, like there were there were some ser- there was some serious stuff that I was talking about. Like one of the stories I did was I interviewed uh, a, a lady who had uh, her, her, her apartment had burned down. She was living on the third floor. She had thrown her babies off the third floor. Someone caught them below. Um, and she, ju- she herself jumped off, broke almost every bone in her body. And I did an interview with her from the hospital, which I have no idea how, why she even wanted to do that, but hey, she, she asked. And so I did it. And I remember like, it was one of those things where I'm like, this is serious. Like, you know, like this lady's like, this is traumatizing for this lady. Um, and she's wanting to tell her story. And so like, I'm going to try to tell her story, but like, that added so much stress that I didn't realize existed. You know, I'm, there's, there's stress. And like you said, when the light turns on and you know, you're about to go on, but like when you have some very deep topics to talk about, it's, it's intense to like get yourself into a place where you, you got to be serious and you got to tell a story. Um, and, uh, and so that was kind of another element of it, but that is also why I want to, I'm not going to take a job in news ever again, because that was, that was too much. I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to tell those type of stories we'll see yeah we had uh we interviewed scott the huff who used to be one of the board ops for 104.3 the fan and he was uh said that he did traffic uh for radio station for like three years he said i'll never do it again because it got so depressing to be like we have a three-car pileup and then the whole room's yeah yeah yep yep getting a little morbid at this point there's a fine line between like like you said telling the story but you also have to keep yourself far enough out of it. Cause if you get too lost when you're working for a station like that, there's sorry to lift it. You're looking at the, the man behind the curtain, but obviously the station could tell you how they want you to spin a, a story, a certain type of way. And, and it's yeah. their kind of voice behind it, but you have to be able to keep yourself professional enough, but also acknowledge like th- that is a big step for her, for her to want to t- tell that story it is important and it might not, it might not be the easiest thing. It might not be the most entertaining thing, but it, it is something that you should probably focus on. Right. Well, and I think like, you know, when people think of media, you know, a lot of times the bigger networks um, are the ones that do have, I think, more control for local stations, new stations, you know, it's, it's hard. Um, When we talk to a lot of people that are in TV, you know, local news is not what you would think it is. Um, and a lot of times, you know, we'll post something or we try to say something, or you may even have it, you know, we had an encounter earlier with, you know, the beloved, you know, Mark Fugue and Zegeman's basketball coach, things happen and you got to find a way to tell the news, but also, you know, be aware of your surroundings. And so I just think it's, you know, Christian got to learn a lot and all of that and, and really grow and figure it out so yeah local, local news is you know most local news or at least at least in eastern washington was really good you know it they're they were good about being hands-off you know they they had 
they had assignments for you, but they let you tell the story. It's like, you know, it's your story to tell. Um, and that was awesome because like Marissa said, like some of the bigger networks, you know, they have a lot more control in how their reporters yeah. tell their stories. Mm -hmm. Smaller places, you know, it's usually the reporters that tell the stories um, and the news directors and, you know, bosses are a lot more hands off, which, which is awesome. But yeah, there are definitely times where, like Marissa was saying, with the, with the whole, you know, Mark Few, Gonzaga men's basketball coach, you know, he got a DUI and we had to cover it. Like it's, yeah. you know, we'd cover it if it was a politician. So we're going to cover it just the same for a, uh, you know, a, a, a beloved yeah. multi-million dollar head coach. And, um, and a you man know, we're partnered with. So we, we see yeah. him a lot. And, know. and, you know, people were upset about that. You know, they thought that we were, you know, not giving him too much of a hard time. And it's like, yeah, but like I said, you know, if this happened to the mayor, we do the same exact thing. And so it's just, it's really hard, uh, you know, to, to kind of please everyone, but you just have to, like you said, kind of stay true to, to yourself, how you feel, um, you know, and, and how you feel that the story needs to be told and, you know, and that's all you can do. Yeah. And I think that's why sports is great. Cause we just tell they won, they lost, you know, this person signed or breaking news, like maybe at the worst, you know, this person was injured, you know, some way, somehow. And that's really all it is. Yeah. Every now and then you get the story like what came through uh, Vegas a couple of days ago with Henry Ruggs. But yeah, mm -hmm. uh, and and obviously we talked the first time that you were on Center of Attention, Marissa, we were talking about Kobe and Gianna because that was right around that tragic incident. But um, yeah, I, there's obviously uh, certain lines that you go, certain lines that you're willing to talk about. And then there are certain things that probably should just be left unsaid and it's kind of left up to yeah left up to us to decide where that line is uh i think you'll you two will find this funny because this actually happened after so when i took over gunnison sports talk radio we were going and i added like it was basically just the football player hour after at that point because i was the only people who wanted to come in and talk about sports yeah. for an hour one of the guys that we had on the show dropped a full-on f-bomb in in like nfl draft post coverage and and did the the cardinal sin of dropping it and then stopping because he realized what he did was wrong so then everybody could just focus on the fact that yeah this guy just dropped an f-bomb on the on the radio i was like dude just keep just talk keep going and then we got through it we went to the commercial he's like uh what's gonna happen i was like if somebody was listening we'll probably have to pay a fine most likely nothing but yeah don't what what are you doing don't, don't do that you know better than that <laughs> yeah that's so funny hey yeah no dude it happens man it, things yeah. things definitely happen um you know i we uh, luckily have not had that kind of thing happen to us but uh um you know we've definitely seen stuff like that happen plenty of times and one of my favorites was recently uh on espn uh or mlb network uh pedro martinez uh <laughs> he uh he was doing some post-game coverage and and uh he said something very similar to that where I think he just forgot he was on television and just started cussing. And I was like, well, what are you doing, dude? Like, where, where, you just forgot that you're on TV. It's cool. There's cameras and, and microphone and, and everything like that, but okay. Yeah. I guess that's, yeah, you should have just started cussing in Spanish. That would have been, that would have been even better. Yeah. That, that That's always. And with MLB network, you probably have a lot of people that would still understand you, but the yeah. net, the executives probably wouldn't. So yeah, exactly. That's perfect. <laughs> It would be a great situation uh, before we kind of wrap things up and, and we'll do the rapid fire questions like we normally do at the end of our, our interviews here on the far end of the bench. Let's talk about coming back to Colorado. Uh, I mentioned you guys are, are back because Marissa got a huge job as the uh, social media director, social media manager at DNVR sports out here in Denver. Um, 
how did how did that come about like did you because i i was talking to some of the radio guys and i i have brandon's number i've reached out to him before i didn't get any kind of response which makes sense because when i reached out to him i had like that was when i was doing center of attention for 10 people in my basement um but how did how did you get on their radio and were you actively job searching while still at at uh, khq yeah so um i i would say for well i always love colorado and you know christian can can also back that up um it was really hard for me to leave and i loved washington um it's definitely my second favorite state less mountain ranges um but uh you know I, the ocean I, yeah but you know i i wanted to get back um i only you know was able to see my family maybe once a year which was really hard for me because you know i'm such a family person and so christian told me you know if you get a job in Colorado, if it, you know, falls in line with both of us and what we're trying to do, then we'll go like no questions asked. And so I had been applying everywhere. I applied, you know, to different places throughout Denver. I was looking, you know, just for, I wanted to stay in sports, but I was getting to the point where I was like, you know, it's just, it's not meant to be maybe, you know, all this work that I did in Spokane just isn't going to, you know, kind of transition over to another job. Um, and so this, uh, I was on social media and a girl that I went and worked with in Spokane had liked a tweet from the old um, social media manager who was saying that she was moving over to our, uh, our branch in Phoenix. And um, I asked her if the job was open and she goes, I don't know, I'll ask. And so she got right back to me and she goes, well, they're closing it at midnight. And I was like, oh God. So I started, you know, applying and you can ask Christian, I was at work, which is horrible to say, but I was at work trying to like put together my resume and everything and, you know, send it over. And I, I had to take a test on, you know, indeed. And it was just this mess. And I was like, Oh, I'm not going to get it. Like it's over. Um, and they ended up calling me back the next day and we're like, you know, we really want to talk to you. And so I went through the process. It was a 48 hour transition. Really. Um, I went through a first interview with seven people, um, which was really intimidating. Um, but they were great. And then I did it with Brandon. And uh, after Brandon's, he offered me the job literally a couple hours later. Um, and so it was like, I literally worked two more weeks up till like that Friday before the 1st of October till midnight, got in my car the next day, drove all the way to Denver and started my job on Monday. So it was literally just like this quick turnover. I lived out of a suitcase for a month. Um, Christian stayed in Spokane and packed. And uh, it's been it's been great. It's been a lot of fun. Um, DNVR is just a like you said, um, it's just an incredible company. Um, Brandon is really you know busy. Um, it's always you know we're, our our goal is to be the best, and they're doing it. So um, it's been great. I've I've had a great time transitioning. I am glad Christian's finally here to experience Denver with me. Um, I spent the day raking leaves today, so that should, you know, really welcome me into to Colorado. Well, welcome to November in Colorado. Yeah. yeah. At some point, the leaves will be covered by snow, and that'll be a whole, whole, whole lot more fun. We can rake, we can shovel the leaves and the snow at the same time. Two and one. On maybe, the way to the DNVR bar. <laughs> maybe if you guys ask me nicely, I'll put my snowblower in the back of my truck, and I'll come. Actually, you guys go. are, are you going to have a, you guys don't even have a driveway to. We don't. Well, well, we, we, uh, he's doing it for my grandparents who live down the street. Yep. So. Yep. I was, uh, I was in a backyard today, but, uh, you know, our apartments, uh, our apartments work on the fourth floor, uh, right next to DU. So it's a, it's a nice little spot, but, it is. but well, yeah, I'm excited to be here with, with Marissa and, you know, it's it, her job. I I've obviously seen it from the outside view, but 
Um, it seems like a really cool company to work for DNVR. Um, you know, they, they, like Marissa said, they just kind of are the leaders in sports media here in, uh, in Colorado, at least up and coming. Um, and uh, I think it's, I think they're going about it, everything in the right way, which is really cool. And, um, you know, I'm excited to kind of be a part of that just as, as her husband and, um, and, you know, get to kind of make, make a name for myself here, uh, you know, in the sports media world as well. Yeah, I, I figured that was going to not none of us are good at just sitting around and we we have constant motion so i knew like you're coming out here at, at some point you're going to be focused on, on getting a job um out here as well and and making that kind of a mark which is great uh, obviously for networking purposes selfishly for myself i was like awesome and, and i get friends coming back and it's everything is like for as as long as the last year and a half has been with the whole pandemic and I such great timing I graduated right as right as you guys were mentioning the the pandemic hitting and everything like that but everything's like turning to a point and yeah I mean DNVR I would say for reference for people who aren't in Colorado it's as close to it's probably as close to Barstool on the west coast except it's a little bit different cuz it's just specifically Denver it's not trying to be some national base uh, they focus on the Rockies, the Avalanche, the Rapids, um, the uh, the Nuggets, and the Broncos. I forgot the two biggest teams in the state, but they they focus on all those guys, and they have the same kind of personalities, and it's constant content. It's a machine. It's very impressive. I was telling you guys before we started recording. It's for what they've been able to do. I'd almost feel like getting a job there is bigger than getting a job at the local ESPN affiliate or or something like that here in this market. It's, it's a huge deal. So I'm very excited for you. And, and I'm very, when I saw it, we were like me, Nico and I were both like, wow, congratulations. That's, that's a huge step. It's just a big, big accomplishment. So uh, as a friend, I'm very proud of you and I'm, I'm happy that you're back close because that's, that's the main thing. Well, thank you. It, it is an honor. I will say that, you know, people only get to see the outside of a product when it's, you know, sent out and what it looks like. They don't understand the backside. And when people think you work in sports, they think, oh, well, you just get to sit all day and, you know, watch sports and that's it. Um, but the people I work with, I mean, they bend over backwards to provide the kind of content that's coming out. And so to really see that it's, I, I mean, I look up to them and I appreciate them for what they do because, you may see, you know, 30 minutes of a show where, you know, it took all night and people were staying up till one in the morning trying to make it perfect. And so you can ask Christian, I mean, I'm, I'm working a lot, but it's, it's worth it. And it, and it creates content that people love. So it, it's a great company. And for those of you who do watch DNVR and for those who are wondering what it is, um, it's an incredible company who just, they, they really care about their fans and they want to give them the best that they can. And uh, yeah, come and, and come get drinks with us. Yeah, at, at the bar. yeah, you get to you can, uh, you know, the great thing about DNVR as a team is they're always there after their shows um, and their whole entire motto is being part of the, you know, the fans, making it a family type atmosphere. So we're not above you. We're equal with you. Um, so we'll have random people come sit in the bar with us and, you know, I'll, like whisper over to my coworker, like, who's this? She's like, I don't know. But, you know, they're family and that's how we treat them. So honestly, Jimmy, you guys come down anytime and we'll always be there. Yeah. I we uh, Beer night has been long overdue. Uh, those nights in Gunnison are still some of my favorite. Well, <laughs> now we have what are called BLTs, uh, the Bud Light Bud Towers. Bud Light Towers, yeah. And Ooh. they're like these massive towers of just Bud Light that people drink at the that are, that are 
unreasonably cheap. It seems like they'd be losing money on him, but I, they yeah. don't. We that's our oh. best seller. Next Avs game that's not uh, during the week, so I don't have to hate myself at work. I'm well. I'll I'll look at the schedule, and you guys are going to be getting a text from me soon. Uh, but let's get into these rapid fire questions. Let's wrap up. Let's do it. This has been great. Thank you guys. I can't thank you guys enough for coming on, uh, especially just. You know, it's kind of back to my roots with the the solo interview of you two. Unfortunately, Nico wasn't able to, to be here with work, but uh, let's get into some of these questions. First one that I have down here, uh, what was your guys' nickname in your sport growing up? And what sport was the what sport was the nickname originated in? So it's a two-parter. Yeah, yours? I got mine, but go first. Mine was goldfish um, in baseball because I, before games, would eat an entire bag of goldfish um before every single game as and like i'm i'm pretty sure it was all the way through high school so uh i was nicknamed goldfish um so yeah that seems looking back that seems very unhealthy um probably shouldn't have done that but it worked i mean i you know it, it worked yeah my uh i'm not proud of mine i didn't even like it when they gave it to me but it was double stuff oreo and uh, it's literally, there's so many ways to interpret this nickname. But anyway, I, it was called uh, Double Stuff because my parents didn't let me have a lot of sugar when I was younger. Um, and so when I got to college, I kind of was let loose. And so I used to pile like packs of Oreos into the back of my car. And I would like look like a chipmunk because I'd have them shoved in my face before I would go over to practice. And so it ended up sticking. Says a lot about Marissa and I uh, that both of us are named nicknamed after food. Yes. <laughs> I, I was going to say, I'm the only Italian one, and, and yet I have no <laughs> food-related nickname. Yeah. Well, I don't know what's happening. I don't know. Uh, I didn't realize I'll that just, we were both that, but yeah. we'll, we'll go with it. I'll just I'll let that one sit there. Uh, favorite cheat meal for the both of you, because you guys are both big into fitness. So when you guys splurge a little bit, what are you going? What are you being as unhealthy as possible with? Oh, man. So you can ask Christian. I buy bags of them. But it's uh, hot popcorn, uh, like the flaming hot popcorn, but I'll eat it to the point where it makes me sick because like, I just I keep shoving it in my mouth and it's healthier than other options. And so I just I go crazy. Yeah, um, my favorite cheat meal, probably either the ta Talenti, I think is what it's called, um, gelato and uh, it's cookie dough flavor. Which they never have. So no, they're always out of it. Those are both good options. I like both of those. Uh, favorite or actually favorite moment from your sports career. So we, Nico and I reminisce a lot, obviously the far end of the bench were the old guys that don't play anymore. So favorite moment from your, your athletic careers that you've had. For me, uh, my freshman year of high school straight as a pitcher. Um, and I was the first ever freshman to pitch on my, uh, baseball team on varsity. And uh, we were in the state semifinals and I struck out Reese McGuire, who was drafted the next year as the third overall draft in the MLB draft for $2.8 million. And I struck him out as a freshman in the state semifinals in front of like 50 scouts and, and a lot of people. And that felt very cool. Uh, mine's not anything like too crazy. Um, I'm from Alamos, Colorado. And so basketball there is non-existent, but um I would say my favorite was actually, it was like midnight basketball. They call it March or uh, uh, craziness in the kennel and Gonzaga. Like each team has like a different name for it. Um, but it's like the entrance of the season where fans get to watch you just have fun. And so we did this scrimmage game 
And the entire year, like, as you know, um, being a freshman, you come in and you have to lift a ton because you have to get kind of equal with the other players. So I think every single day I was super sore. I was airballing and it was just this horrible thing. But I went into this game and hit like six threes and people were just like going crazy. And I was just I was like a freshman, like excited. The fact that I got my shot back, um, I couldn't walk the next day, but it was it was great. But you got your swagger back. I got my swagger back. Basketball is one of those sneaky sports. Like the next day is always problematic. We played a uh, rec league basketball. We had a bunch of buddies with the podcast and we played rec league. I think I got a solid two minutes in our final, final playoff game. And I got, it wasn't, wasn't pretty. Cause obviously I don't play basketball, but then the next day I was like, ah, I didn't touch anybody, but everything hurts. Like I just played a football game. It's yeah. It sneaks I've, up on I've me. torn both ACLs somehow. And I'm, you know, I didn't even play, but what are you talking about? <laughs> All right. Uh, favorite event that you attended or worked in college, which can count for your guys' time at Gonzaga and, and with KHQ. Hmm. Wow. That's a tough one. I'll go first. Okay. Uh, so mine was actually craziness in the kennel. Uh, I've never seen such a crazy atmosphere. Um, they fill the stands like tickets to the games are insane. Um, and so at the beginning of every game, but especially for craziness in the kennel, they play the song. Isn't it called like the stomp? Uh, no, it's uh, Zombie Nation. Yeah, Zombie Nation. And uh, like they start banging the uh, bleachers, but there's thousands of people. And like the whole gym is, I mean, it's a really small gym. And this whole gym is just shaking. And like you're sitting online with Corey Kispert, Jalen Suggs, like all these insane players that, you know, are drafted um, and, and in the top 10 are, you know. And so it's just, it was just a whole other, I mean, I got chills. It was insane. For me, um, probably my, my favorite sporting event that I've ever been to. Is this ever or in the last few years? Uh, let's go with just the last few years. So I have between Western and now. Okay. Uh, I, I got to go to the Nas- uh, college basketball national championship yes. with Gonzaga. Is it, um, the, is it the final four moment? It, it was. I, yes. I, didn't, I, I got – so that was probably my, the coolest moment um, – sports moment for me. Um, I actually, I, I was covering it. I got to go to Indianapolis with, for the TV station. I was the only reporter that went. Um, and it was 14 days, 16 to 18 hour days, uh, 14 days straight. Um, just a brutal grind. Uh, paycheck was nice afterwards, but brutal grind in the moment. And, uh, but I got a lot of really cool experiences and that being one of them being at Lucas oil, um, you know, for the Zags run, obviously a tough way to finish getting walloped by Baylor, but, um, to be a student at Gonzaga, you know, I gave my master's uh, and also get to cover the team in uh, one of the most historic tournament runs ever um, was very, very cool and something I'll remember forever. It's one of the, especially radio call wise, I like to go when big moments happen like that. I like to go back and listen to the radio call. And it was the guy who was initially got them to the championship way back when and adam just, morrison yep adam morrison and nico nico talked for like 15 minutes on that whole situation and how it's one of the coolest especially jumping up on the scorers table and basketball players mm-hmm. are showboats i'm sorry marissa but you guys are it's, it's not it's fair true. um no but yeah mm-hmm. no that's uh one of the cooler if i would not be the same person after if that happens i'm immediately uh, 100% a superstar the following day yeah i i uh, i i remember interviewing um uh what is his name tom hudson um the voice of the zags the day after that happened um and so not so he was on he was the play by play on the call with adam morrison morrison being the color analyst and um 
And I remember when I was interviewing, he interviewing him just about that call, like, you know, emotions, play by play to play by play guy, you know, like I get how that feels like, but walk me through it. And he, he was getting emotional. I mean, like, he, you know, and he's a guy who's been doing it for 40 years. He's the voice of the Zags. And he, you know, was like, this is, that was one of the coolest things I've ever seen and done in my life. So it, it is cool to kind of see how, how it impacts people for sure. Well, and these are players that are not like, yes, you know, they have, they have the ego cause they're obviously the best, but these guys are genuinely great guys. Like, I mean, I got to talk to them one-on-one before like Corey Kispert, um, you know, Jalen Suggs, these are just good kids. And Jalen, you know, being as young as he is, um, was humble. Like he wasn't this overly cocky kid. He actually, he was confident. You know, yeah. He confident, but not cocky. And he always, you know, referred in all his press conferences back to his teammates. Like I wouldn't have been able to do this if it wasn't for my, for my teammates. And so, um, it was also cool seeing just a team like that, you know, succeed yeah. like they did. It's yeah. a cool culture that they have with all the yeah. older guys and not everybody goes and be, not everybody is an NBA star after you leave, leave Gonzaga, but no. basketball, college basketball wise, that's the place to, one of the yeah. best places to be. Uh, yeah, ranked sure. preseason AP number one this year again, even even after losing to Baylor. I mean, there's, yeah, I, I, mean, I, I, was I would think that you but... need to you would need to get a few more athletes to compete with the the other top teams because that's that was the main problem against Baylor. They were just way too athletic. But oh, dude, those guys were football guys that had played that were legit basketball players. I mean, like that that yeah. was a total athletic game. But um, but you know, like the, the thing is, Gonzaga, if they had played Baylor earlier in the year I, I I'm, I'm gonna die on this hill if they had played Baylor earlier in the year I think if that game that they had gotten canceled because of COVID against Baylor in the preseason would have happened I think at least that the national championship is significantly closer because the coaching staff would have prepared them or they could have prepared for that game I think they came in blissfully unprepared to play against a team like well, that they just don't have the size. I mean, you have the best footwork in the nation, you know, as Drew Timmy doesn't mean you have the strength to compete down, you know, down in the, the paint and same this year, you yeah. have Chet Holmgren seven, you know, almost seven foot. I mean, just this, but he's the slender man. Like, yeah, he's he literally people. like, he's, you know, again, we're probably going to come into some situations where he gets outpowered, but we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. They've never seen any kind of animal like that. It's the Ace Ventura when he's in the looking for snowflake and it's the great whites. That's no snowflake. <laughs> that's bad, that, that is no snowflake. That's yeah. for sure. All right, last one here. Uh, five years from now, what what can we expect expect from the Saezes? <laughs> Kids. <laughs> what about uh, the that, fur? You guys got a fur baby, don't? Yeah, we we got a fur baby. I agree. That's that's all we need for now. Um, no, if, in five years, uh, you know, I, we hope to still be in Denver. Um, you know, I obviously by then I, I'll I'll be back on air one way or another, whether it be TV, radio. Um, or even podcasting, you know, who knows? I mean, you know, like, like you said, like you guys know, um, you know, the, the future of sports media is not what it is today, um, what it currently is or what it was 10 years ago. So, um, you know, but that, that'll kind of come around as it is. And for you, you know, I'm, I'm thinking probably just progressing in the same thing that you're doing now. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think I drive Christian nuts a lot in the sense that I'm not really a planner. Like, you know, I never planned on being in social media to begin with. And, you know, here I am, four years later, still doing it. And obviously in a great market um, for a great company. Uh, I have no idea. Um, you know, social media is growing. It's becoming one of the mainstream sources um, out there. And, you know, I think that it has, I have potential to grow in this area. So who knows? I hopefully I, I beg, I pray we stay in Denver. Um, but 
you know, I'm just kind of leaving it to, to God, I guess. I, I will, I will throw out my prediction um, because this, I feel like this is something that, you know, it's, it's going to happen five years from now. I'm predicting uh, Rockies Mariners world series Rockies win the world series uh, against the Mariners five years from now um, in five games. I'll take it. I'll take so, it. yeah. So with five years from now, uh, you need to bring this back, this clip, and it, it's going to happen. Well, um, well, now I want to throw it out there. I feel like, you know, Washington's going to have the Sonics come back and, you know, they're, wow. the Nuggets are going to come back. That's bold. Gonna you know, we're going to we're going to have a Thuggets versus Sonics rematch. What are we? Yeah, yeah I dude. think so. The Silver Sonics and the, the Thuggets. Yeah, right. And and maybe a, a Kraken abs. Come on, like, let's like, just go well, all let's out. Just go out. I the honestly, I know this might seem elitist, but uh, the Avalanche are a long way away from worrying about the Seattle Kraken. Seattle Kraken are not the Las Vegas Golden Knights. That's a totally different story. That's very true. Yes, they yes. are definitely not. But they have Grubauer. Or uh, yeah, so that, I know that makes it even worse. They also have Tyson Jost. So yeah. Mm. So you know we've got we've got a net. That's they hurt. That's they hurt have. me. They hurt me too much, yeah. Christian. I can't deal yeah. with it. But they uh, have cool logos. They do. They do. And the sweaters are. I got my cousin saying we need to get a Grubauer Seattle sweater. I'm like, I'm not. I don't wear anything other than Avalanche. Well, if you do, go to Dick Sporting Goods because they're over there in the 30% off section. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, thank you guys very much. I can't thank you guys enough for coming on this bonus episode of the podcast. Uh, get, go ahead, plug everything that you guys have going on, all your pages and, and projects and stuff. Uh, take advantage of, of what audience we have and, and start getting your guys' uh, foot out there we'd, we'd appreciate we'd love getting you helping you guys out and, and getting more eyeballs on your stuff yeah for sure no i mean it, it like i said you know for us we're kind of piecing things together now um you know you you can follow me up on on twitter at, at cjj Saez, um and and marissa you're what is it at Saez marissa 11 on twitter that's that's what it is i remember this because i'm i'm the husband i have to remember this um, but i can't remember her birthday sometimes so that's uh it, it's the day after or before his um i got it right yeah Saez marissa 11 and i think the other one is marissa Saez. so um on instagram but yeah you can just look me up and it's not too we'll, hard. we'll we'll be here you know um but you know like i said we'll, we'll hope to kind of keep making rounds in the in the denver sports media market and uh, you know, hope to, to kind of get to, to know a lot more about this awesome fan base that we have here in Denver. Definitely. I hope you guys uh, have a whole bunch of success, Marissa, in your job. And I know Christian's going to find something here soon. Uh, for the podcast, follow us at FEOTB pod. New episodes come out Wednesdays and we have our weekly pick them that's uh, getting heated up right now. The, the bench warmers are about to pass me. I'm about to lose my lead. Um, but that's that's neither here nor there. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, YouTube channel, The Far End of the Bench. Uh, and yeah, become a bench warmer. Follow us on all our platforms where we're growing right now. Follow Christian and Marissa. They're going to be doing big things moving forward. But for that, this has uh, been Far End of the Bench with Christian and Marissa Saez, myself, Jimmy Pilato. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We'll catch you guys next Wednesday. This is the blues I'm playing. Yes, it's a final thing. When the night is cold and low. This is a dollar bill beat. Was it the money that made me a savage? Popping them pipes and I made it a habit. Towing them pistols and serving them at